last week on the Joes on the Pros podcast. And the Texans this past Sunday, they kind of showed that they got some work to do. You know, only seven points put up against the Ravens. Uh, Deshaun Watson didn't have a good game. They are going to get a win against the Indianapolis Colts, who have given them fits for years. It is finally time for them to emerge as a team in the South, and they are going to do that. Give me the Texans. They are going to win. Jared Goff sucks right now. I mean, he had his chance in this game, sat zero times. He had all the protection he needed, and he still just he blew it. But when you don't utilize one of your best offensive players, such as Todd Gurley, a guy that has you know shown success at an MVP level in this league, you know, it's going to make this team one-dimensional. You are now tuning in to the Joes on the Pros podcast with your host, Junie Riddle and Casey Warner, covering all the latest topics in today's sports. Welcome, everyone, to the 12th episode of the Joes on the Pros podcast. We are glad to be back here for the 12th episode. We got more of what you all love all around the NFL. It was another great week this week in the NFL. Week 12 of the NFL surely did not disappoint. There were some big games out there that caught a lot of people's attention, some big games where teams separated themselves, and a team that definitely separated themselves even more so than they were separated was the Baltimore Ravens last night on Monday Night Football. They took it to my LA Rams coming out on top 45-6, to Lamar Jackson cemented himself as the leading candidate for the MVP award this year. And, Junie, I got to say, I'm down and out today after that loss. I really don't want to talk about it. But how can I not talk about that performance by that Ravens offense last night? I mean, they absolutely did what they wanted on the ground game last night against the Rams, Casey. It was crazy. You know, I thought that the Rams were going to match up a lot better with the Baltimore Ravens, considered they had a lot of athleticism on that defense and getting a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson with guys like Aaron Donald, Fowler, and uh, other big names like that on that Rams defense, and especially with a guy like Eric Weddle, who has actually played with Lamar Jackson last year and has played on that Ravens um, defense for the last three years before coming to L.A., I figured that they would have a little bit more of an advantage than other teams, but obviously I was wrong. They absolutely dominated them on the ground. The Ravens had 285 yards total against the LA Rams, and the Rams only had 22 yards rushing against the Baltimore Ravens, which is absolutely crazy. They stacked the box. They were not letting the run get established, and they were putting pressure on Jared Goff the entire game. And then you look at time of possession. That is a key aspect to this game because it's essentially 40 minutes to 20 minutes in favor of the Ravens. They dominated the ball, they dominated the time of possession, and they ran all over the Los Angeles Rams defense. So I'll get into the Rams a little bit here. Even though I don't really want to, I'll get into it because I'm going to take it to him right here. Uh, you know, first of all, where do I start with Todd Gurley? He only got the ball six times. That's uh, That's something we've seen this year that's apparently just not in the game plan at all. Don't understand that. Uh, Jared Goff, you suck, man. You suck. You're getting paid $140 million in that contract, and you are screwing our franchise week by week now. He was 26 of 37, 212 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. Jared Goff, you are not getting it done. And game after game now, you continue to disappoint me. I said you were a top 10 quarterback going into this year, and you are a bottom 10 quarterback in the league this year. You are not a starting quarterback in this league, and you do not deserve that contract that we gave you at the 
the beginning of the season. I'm done with Jared Goff. He has put this team out of the playoff race. This entire offense looks out of sync. There's no excuse. He had zero sacks on him last week, and he still looked bad. He looked just as bad this week. I'm done with him. That offense is done. They're going nowhere this year. I feel bad for the defense because a lot of times they play their butts off, and they look good. They didn't look good last night. What can you do against that Ravens defense? But this offense is going nowhere, and this team is going nowhere this year. It's going to be a rough season. It's going to be an 8-8, 9-7 kind of year, it's looking like, and I just have no hope for this team this year. They're going to have to restructure some contracts, figure some stuff out in the offseason, and Sean McVay is going to have to regroup as a coach because he is not progressing like me and the whole league thought he was going to progress now in his third year at the helm of this team. Yeah, definitely some struggles there for the Los Angeles Rams. You know, we thought that Sean McVay was easily one of the best coaches coming into the season this year, and obviously that's not. But let's get into Lamar Jackson here. Lamar Jackson threw five touchdown passes on his first ever uh, Monday night start. So, Casey, I got to tell you, what do you think of this kid? You know, obviously we got to watch him up, up close and personal because we're from Kentucky. Uh, we're both from the Louisville area. He played for Louisville. You're a Kentucky fan. I'm a Louisville fan. So, we, you know, we obviously watched uh, them play a lot considering, you know, they're, they're big rivals and, you know, everyone, you know, everyone likes to talk about that in the state. So I got to tell you, is, is this production from Lamar Jackson something that you expected? And where do you think that he can go from here? Because obviously he's dominating, but can he continue this and keep this up at this level? I didn't expect it at all. You know, we were uh, conversing yesterday about this a little bit, and I was telling you how I just thought he was going to be another RG3. And it's funny because RG3 is now his backup. But I definitely did not expect this at all. Um, he has really outperformed my expectations. Uh, even going into this season, I knew he was going to have a pretty successful year, but I didn't think it was going to be the volume kind of year that he's having, the record-breaking year that he's having. You know, five touchdowns last night. He just couldn't be touched by a Rams defense that has submitted themselves as one of the top defenses in the league. So it was really disappointing last night to see us not be able to stop him at all. Um, you know, what can I say? He's just he's doing it all out there. He can run, he can pass, there's nothing he can't do. He is the MVP in the league right now. It's really been it's really been nice to see him grow as a player like this because of how humble he is and how hard he works. He deserved that Heisman Trophy, his uh, his first breakout season, and he's going to deserve this MVP trophy every bit of it if he ends up getting it. And right now, I don't think anybody can touch him in that MVP race. It's his trophy to lose. Now, now I talked about it on Twitter, and I said that I'm not going to say that I was right about Lamar Jackson. But but I was right. I knew that this kid had a very level head like you touched on there. Um, he has a very uh, good attitude, and his mom raised him that way. A lot of people like to talk about his mom and how his mom raised him to play football and how his mom taught him to respect the game. You know, not a lot of moms out there are like that. You know, nowadays moms are more or less trying to get their kids out of football because of everything, but his mom really pushed him to do that, which is absolutely awesome. And on top of that, his work ethic, if you saw his progressions from where he started at Louisville compared to where he ended at Louisville I could see that he had the work ethic in order to make the adjustments that he needed to do and I knew that if he got drafted by a franchise and a coach that were willing to go all in on him like the Baltimore Ravens have and John Harbaugh have that he was going to see success in this league and now we are seeing it where he is paired with a perennial back like Mark Ingram who's a vet who's been in the league for almost 10 years now and who can just absolutely pound the rock down people's throats and the read option that they have there and then the his ability to 
sit in the pocket, read the defenses now a lot better than last year. He has become one of the biggest threats in this league, and I knew that if he was put in the proper situation, that this is what was going to come out. Now, if he if he were to get drafted in Baker Mayfield's situation, they came out in the same draft, and he went to Cleveland, I don't think that this would even be a conversation, but the fact that he dropped in the draft, he was the last pick in the first round in 2018, fell to the Baltimore Ravens, which is a first-class organization in this league, uh, I'd, I'd say since the since they won the Super Bowl there with Ray Lewis in the early 2000s, they've been a first-class organization, and since then, they 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 have they have been all in on him, and I think it's a standard for the future. I think that you know instead of forcing these young kids to come in and place them in your system and what you want them to do, that coaches are now going to look look at the Ravens, see what they did with this this perennial talent, and they are going to build a system and morph this quarterback into a system to get success like this because, I mean, I thought this kid was going to be good, and he is, but I, I couldn't even imagine how good he's been this year. It's been It's been spectacular to watch. The Ravens right now have to be most people's Super Bowl favorites. But moving on from one team that had an eye-popping win to another, a blowout victory over another contender, and that's the 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers put it on the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football, coming out with a 37-8 to victory. And not only that, but they held Aaron Rodgers, some people who they hail as the GOAT, to 20 of 33, 104 yards, and just 1.7 yards per pass play. That is unbelievable defense by that San Francisco defense that we have seen have success all year long against opposing quarterbacks and offenses, but they just shut Green Bay down Sunday night. And that was a great game to watch if you were a 49ers fan. Just completely one-sided. They completely put it on them and dominated the Green Bay Packers. The Packers fall to 8-3, and three, and the 49ers move to 10-1. and one. Niners sit at the top of the league right now at 10-1. and one. Only two teams have 10 wins right now. That's the Niners and the Patriots. Patriots and the Niners you have to think right now are definitely the NFC favorites right now right <sighs> the Saints I, I I hate to say this because I I, I was so I, I've been so wrong about the 49ers all year I've always underestimated them and I've always I'd say picked against them I said earlier this year that the Saints and the Packers were the two best teams in the NFC and I I, I just got I just got proved wrong Casey Bottom line, they absolutely dominated Aaron Rodgers. They got to him, sacking him five times, and then on top of that, they got 10 QB hits. If you watch the game there, it should have been a lot more sacks than that because, honestly, because of Aaron Rodgers and him being who he is, scrambling out of the pocket, getting the ball out, trying to do whatever he can to like preserve that game. But that game was won. In an era where defense is starting to deteriorate and defensive linemen – can't be as physical as they want with the quarterback and then you see how um you know pass interference calls are being called more frequently and 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 it seems like the league is moving towards a more offensive based league to where they want to see more scoring they want to see more offensive production this 49ers team has completely changed that to the point where them getting the pressure on the quarterback and in doing it in a way to where it's still aligned with the league's rules is is dumbfounding to me about how they do that. And, that, and, the, and in order for that, that makes me want to put them into the top of the NFC. They are officially on top of my NFC radar right now because of this. And I got to tell you, they are a defensive-based team. They have a bunch of defensive-based talent. 
But when you see Shanahan and you see what he did with the Atlanta Falcons a couple years ago when they went to the Super Bowl, this is still an offensively based coached team. So you have the talent on defense, you have the production on defense, and although the, you don't have as much talent on the offensive end, you have the mind of Coach Shannon in order to take them and progress them to something that they're, you know, probably wouldn't be if he wouldn't if he was not there. And so I think that the Niners are that good because of how well balanced they are on the playing field and in the coaching. I think they're doing an excellent job there in San Francisco. And if they keep playing like this, then I definitely think that they are going to be the Super Bowl favorites, along with the Ravens in the AFC. Uh, well, well, the Niners, obviously, in the NFC. I kind of worded that a little weird. But, yeah, no, most definitely the Niners are the perennial favorite right now in the NFC because them dominating Green Bay like that is something I definitely didn't see coming. The Niners sit at 10-1, and one, currently locked into that number one seed in the NFC. Now, as I mentioned, the Packers fall to 8-3, and three, and they are currently tied right now with the Vikings. They have the tiebreaker over the Vikings because they've beat them once. But this NFC wildcard race is between two teams right now. Basically, there's really nobody else even in it. It's just the Seahawks and the Vikings. The Rams were the closest team, and they lost last night. You can basically count them out. So you can go ahead and basically lock in this wild card in the NFC with the Seahawks and the Vikings. But... There is a tighter race for the AFC wildcard, and we're going to get into that next in our next segment here when we discuss a very tight AFC wildcard race on the Joes on the Pros podcast. like Casey mentioned previously, uh, the AFC wildcard picture is a lot closer than it is in the NFC wildcard picture here. So we got a lot of teams competing for that last spot. And yeah, I'd, I'd say still even that second spot because you still don't know what the Buffalo Bills are. They still have a, a couple bad losses there and, and they haven't really gotten a, a marquee win there on the season. So Casey, I got to ask you. Looking at these teams that are still competing for the wild card spot here, right now we have the Buffalo Bills at the first wild card, and we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the second wild card as we currently stand today. Uh, who do you think is the favorite to be those two wild cards there in the AFC? Uh, you know, I hate to say this, as the Bills have faltered in their uh, you know higher competition games thus far, I'm going to take the Bills just as they already have eight wins, and that defense is so good. I'll take the Bills, whether it be the first or second spot. I think they're going to find a way to make the playoffs. And then in that second spot, I'm going to have to take the Colts. Of all the six and five teams right now, you got the Steelers, the Raiders, the Colts, and the Titans. And I just I got to go with the Colts just because I think they're the most solid team on both sides of the ball, comparatively speaking. We know they have a good defense. We know that offense can be kind of questionable with Jacoby Brissett. But when he's on and he's a good game manager, I'll take him over any of those other quarterbacks or those other teams that are 6-5. and five. You know, you got Derek Carr for the Raiders. You got what we think is Devlin Hodges right now for the Steelers. And then you got, you know, Ryan Tannehill for the Titans. So of all those quarterbacks, I'm going to have to take Jacoby Brissett and those Colts in that second spot right now. So give me the Bills and the Colts in the wild card right now. I think the Bills' defense is so dominant, it's definitely going to put them in position to be in the playoffs. And then the Colts, just because they've beat some high-caliber teams and they got a, a pretty solid offense along with a great defense. So you're taking the Colts already on the season. So... <sighs> I'm going to have to disagree with you here. The Colts have a much harder schedule than the Steelers coming up here. This is the key for the Steelers. And I and and, and hold me to this. 
I think the Steelers are going to make the final wild card. Uh, like you said, Buffalo is interesting to me just because they've had such an easy schedule this year. I mean, you're matched up with the weak NFC East um, this season, and then you have your own division, which is absolutely trash outside of the New England Patriots. So they just kind of had an easy go, and on top of that, they're also, I think they're, they're either the third or fourth team to finish in their division last year. So they just have a super weak schedule, and they have a very easy path, and that defense is so great. So I think that they are going to get the wild card. I'm finally going to falter and say that because they just keep beating these weaker teams uh, so I think that they're going to get in but with that being said though the Colts are playing the Titans and since the Titans have started Ryan Tannehill they have been on a roll here and they are going into Indianapolis and I know the Colts have the Titans number but that's going to be a tough win the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I mean, when have we ever picked a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game right? Because every single time that we think that they're going to lose and falter, they always come back and, and, and then they'll blow a team out, just like they did with Atlanta. They they messed up my my Fox Sports pick six this week. And then you got the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. you got the Carolina Panthers left, which, again, that's another team that you never know that can just spark off and go off, especially with Christian McCaffrey there at the helm. Then you got to go to Jacksonville in the last week of the season, which, I mean, the way Jacksonville's playing, you never know with that either because they could start coming back on the season as well because that's just another unpredictable team then you look at the Steelers the Steelers got this game against the Browns and here's what I'm going to tell you about this game I think the Steelers are going to slightly edge this game out I think putting Devlin Hodges in a lot of people in Pittsburgh are very excited about Devlin Hodges because he holds the FCS record for most passing yards ever for an FCS team there in Sanford I know that's not that big of a deal but he was the star of our preseason he he put up some of the best stats and a lot of people coming into the season thought that he was better than Mason Rudolph so him coming into that game against uh, Cincinnati this past weekend getting that spark throwing that 79 yard touchdown to James Washington and getting us that win definitely is going to light a spark for this team it's going to bring a new energy and I guarantee you that this Pittsburgh fan base in Heinz Field going up against the Browns two weeks after the whole Miles Garrett situation is going to be epic the crowd is going to be crazy and I think that they are somehow even though they are probably not the better team right now I think they're going to edge out a win and I think that is going to solidify them to be in the playoffs because other than that they got to play the Jets they got to play the Cardinals they got to play Baltimore in week 17 which with that situation they might have already locked up a bye and they might not even start Lamar Jackson so that might come back into the Steelers favor so you don't know I think that the schedule is more favorable for the Steelers and then since they've already beaten the Colts head-to-head I think that is going to give them the edge edge in that matchup and I think I mean I am really really banking on them beating this Browns team I think they're going to do it I think this defense is going to come out with a new energy I think they looked past Cincinnati a little bit they didn't play their best game I think they're saving their energy and all their momentum for this one game because they know if they lose this game they're done they're going to I I don't care what the record says I don't know who I don't care who they play if they lose this this game against Cleveland this weekend they're done they're not going to the playoffs. So I think it's a must win. Tomlin's going to prepare them. He always prepares them for big games like this outside of when they play the Patriots because the Patriots always have Tomlin's number. But outside of that, they show up for big games when they need to under Mike Tomlin and I think that they are going to beat the Cleveland Browns. 
Now, you talk about the Browns. They currently sit at 5-6, and six, just a game behind all those 6-5 and five teams for that second wild card spot. And you talk about how the Browns and the Steelers is going to be a big matchup here in NFL Week 13. There are a lot of big matchups this week in the NFL Week 13. Of course, it's Thanksgiving week, so happy early Thanksgiving to all you all. And there is three big matchups on Thanksgiving Thursday. So when you're sitting eating your food, be sure to check these games out. We got Chicago heading to Detroit. That's at 11.30 Central Time. We have the Buffalo Bills heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. That's at 3.30 Central Time. And then we have the New Orleans Saints heading to Atlanta to face the Falcons at 7.20 p.m. Central Time. Now, of all three of those Thanksgiving Thursday games, which one stands out the most to you, Junie? Honestly, the one that stands out most to me is going to be the Buffalo-Dallas game. This is going to be a key game for me to watch because I'm going to look at what the Buffalo Bills can do against this Dallas Cowboys team. This Dallas Cowboys defense, it's it's kind of on and off for me, but when you're going up against a limited quarterback like Josh Allen, I definitely think that that kind of gives the edge uh, to the Dallas Cowboys here, especially playing at home, and I don't think that this Buffalo Bills offense can compete with the amount of success that this Dallas Cowboy offense has had all season. Dak Prescott has had a solid year outside of that New England game last week. Obviously, if you watched the game, you saw the weather. Nobody really played their best game here, so you didn't get to see the best of Dak Prescott, but now that he's playing at home in indoors on Thanksgiving against the Buffalo Bills, I think that they're going to get that done. And I think that that is going to be the marquee matchup here on Thanksgiving Day. Now, back in week 10, you got to remember that the Atlanta Falcons headed in to New Orleans in the Superdome and upset the New Orleans Saints 26-9 in deciding factor. So I'm going to go with that game right there just because of the rivalry that those teams have always had. And, you know, the Falcons are struggling on this year. They just got beat by the Bucks last week. Didn't look good at all. So you got to think they're going to be fired up for this game. They got nothing to lose. You know, they're playing against a team that has already solidified themselves as a playoff contender, and they're out of it. So they got nothing to lose. They're going to come out there throwing the ball. They're going to be swinging the ball around, and that's going to be a great football game at the night game on NBC. Definitely looking forward to that one. I think the Falcons will put up a great fight against New Orleans. Don't know if they'll get to victory in this one, but I think it'll be a great game. High-scoring affair. Now, we move on from Thursday over to our Sunday games, and there's quite a few big matchups here as well. That Tennessee-Indianapolis matchup that you mentioned, we were talking about our wildcard teams, that has huge, huge playoff implications. And then there's the big one, and the big one is 12 p.m. Central Time, 1 Eastern Time. San Francisco heads to Baltimore in a matchup of elite teams right there. And in that one, i got to say, honestly, I'm taking San Francisco. I think San Francisco's defense is going to shut down Baltimore to a point where they can get a win. Now, I think the key for San Francisco in that game, however, is Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to do what he's been doing lately. He's going to have to manage that game and trust that defense. That's going to be a huge game. See, I th- I'm completely opposite with you. As much as I want the 49ers to win this game so that the Steelers can start to climb back into that divisional race, I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to beat San Francisco, and I think that they might beat them uh, by more than 10 points here. The reason being is because the 49ers defense struggled against quarterbacks who are mobile. We saw that in the game with Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson does not have a roster like this Baltimore Ravens team has, especially when you saw the Baltimore Ravens blow out Seattle in Seattle. So with that being said here, the 49ers offense goes where Jimmy G goes, and Jimmy G is really good when he has that play action option here. Okay, when that running game is good, and he can you know fake the ball out to whether it's Burita or Tevin Coleman, I mean, that's really what sets that offense up. And the way that we just saw Baltimore shut down Todd Gurley in this Rams offense from rushing the ball, I definitely think that gives the edge to the Baltimore Ravens, especially since this defense is not going up against a more stationary 
stationary quarterback. It is going up against the fastest quarterback we've seen since Michael Vick. So I think that they're going to struggle, and especially since they're traveling all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast, playing at a game that would normally be 10 a.m. their time. I think that the Baltimore Ravens are going to get the big win here. That's going to be a huge game. And we move on to Monday night now where there's another huge game with playoff implications. Minnesota heads to Seattle in that 12th man. Always tough to play there. The Vikings take on the Seahawks on Monday night football. Spread on that game currently sits at Seattle minus three. Another spread worth noting is that game we just talked about, Baltimore is favored by six over San Francisco. That's a pretty hefty spread right there. But back to this Vikings-Seahawks game. This Vikings-Seahawks game is going to be, you know, for position in this wild card race because we mentioned those are the two teams that have solidified themselves in the wild card race in the NFC. Rams are two games behind the Vikings, but they just don't have it right now. That's the only other team that's close in that race. So this game is going to be for, you know, seeding seating decisions here in the NFC. So Minnesota is going to have to come out hot and not make mistakes against the Seattle team in that 12th man. It's going to be a tough environment, and Kirk Cousins can't make mistakes in that game. Personally, I think this is Seattle's game to lose. I think they got this one at home. They're always tough to beat out there in Seattle, and this is going to be a great football game here on Monday night. Hopefully a lot better of a game than this past Monday night football. No, I definitely think Seattle's going to win as well. Kirk Cousins doesn't show up in big-time moments, and especially playing in, a, in an environment like Seattle, I know that you're going, to, you're going to probably be rooting really hard for the Minnesota Vikings here, but yeah, yeah, I definitely think that the Seattle Seahawks are going to get the win there. But let's look at this other game in the AFC. And this is a game that not a lot of people are talking about, but I think is going to be a really good game. And that's going to be the New England Patriots heading down to Houston to play the Texans. And I got to tell you what, Tom Brady and this offense haven't looked really, really effective. But when you look at this Houston defense, they haven't looked that great either. So, Casey, I got to ask you, what's going to give down there in Houston? Because I think Tom Brady and them are going to have an offensive explosion. And I think that they are going to show that they still have it. And now that they're playing in a dome situation they're obviously going to play in good conditions down there in Houston and that defense has really been struggling and I think that New England needs a little bit of a spark and I think that they are going to show it against a good Texas team against Deshaun Watson and them what do you think about that game well, I think in this game, the Houston Texans are going to have to put up points. Last two weeks, they put up seven against Baltimore two weeks ago, and then they put up 20 last week and just got the win over Indianapolis. So that offense hasn't been right for the past couple weeks. I think they're going to come out slinging the ball. And I, like you said, I think New England offense is going to get it going. They're going to have to in this one because I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Over-under in that game currently sits at 44.5. I'd definitely take the over in that one. I think it's going to be a good, high-scoring football game on Sunday Night Football. And, you know, to stay alive in the playoff race – the division race, Houston is going to have to win this game. If they lose this game, they put themselves in bad shape. If Indianapolis or Indianapolis or Tennessee, if either of those teams win and they lose, they're tied for the division lead. So Houston has to win this game, must win game for the Texans at home. I think it's going to be a great game, but give me New England. I just think Bill Belichick and Brady are too much. They're going to overcome that Houston offense and shut down Deshaun Watson. In another game there in the AFC that not a lot of people are talking about is the Raiders and the Chiefs. Uh, the Raiders are only one game behind the Chiefs there in the NFC West, slowly creeping up on them. They had a terrible loss against the Jets last week, which was very shocking to us. But I got to tell you, this is a huge game for them. Both of these teams look pretty goodly matched. Uh, so I got to ask, who do you think is going to win that game? In that game, you know, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to come into his own in that game. 
and he realizes now is crunch time. He has really got it to get it to get it together for his Chiefs. And you know, they sit at seven and four right now, and they were thinking they were going to be one of the top teams, one of the top seeds in the AFC. And I think he's going to get that offense going and shut down the Raiders. The Chiefs know that they're the more talented football team in this game, and they need to come out with a chip on their shoulder and play like that. I think the Chiefs are going to get the best of the Raiders. I don't know if the Raiders have what it takes to be a playoff team. I don't know if they're there just yet. I don't know if Derek Carr is a quarterback that can lead his team to and through the playoffs. Still, he is not having me. I, I am not sold on Derek Carr. So give me the Chiefs in this one just because they're just because of their ability to score. So I think the Chiefs come out on top of that one. And you know, a list full of tough games like we discussed and we have been discussing here in week thirteen of the NFL. But ultimately on Sunday night football, I think the Chiefs got this one. I'm going to have to agree with you. It's in Arrowhead. They already destroyed them in Oakland this season. I think the Chiefs are going to come out and beat this team. I think they got exposed by the New York Jets last week, and I just don't think the Raiders are as good as as advertised. So, But final game, let's get to this last game. I already picked the Steelers to beat the Browns. This is obviously going to be a huge game. They bumped it back from a 4 o'clock game to a 1 o'clock game Eastern time. It took it off primetime television because of what occurred on Thursday night football. I think the Steelers are going to get, get it done at home. I think Heinz Field is going to give them the edge. What do you think who do you think is going to win this game and and take a take a lead take a stand on who might get the wild card you know i'm torn on this game as close as the spread is it's a two-point spread and you know i really i'm really not feeling either team too strongly in this that last game was very ugly at the end and you know even though cleveland won by two touchdowns it still was an ugly game overall i think we're going to see another defensive battle like that low scoring game but just give me Pittsburgh just because they're at home. I mean, I really don't know who to pick in this one. But give me Pittsburgh just because I think Hodges is going to jumpstart that offense. I think the crowd's really going to get involved in that. And I think the Steelers are going to be really focused going into this game just because of all of what happened a couple weeks ago. A lot of big matchups. A lot of big matchups this upcoming Sunday and Thursday for Thanksgiving. We are really excited to get into that. But we are now going to move into our favorite portion of the show here where we get into our Riddle Rankings Top 10 NFL teams. And Casey is going to bring back his Warner Wages and give you which teams he thinks you should bet on this week. Coming up next on the Joes on the Pros podcast. So for the last couple of weeks, the Riddle rankings have kind of stayed with the same teams kind of interchanging in and out. But the big thing with the Riddle rankings is, is last week, none of the teams have left the rankings. Coming in at number 10, they only fall back a little bit, but I still think that they're the best 6-5 team that are in the NFL, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. They had a little bit of a rough outing. It was a monsoon in the northeast region of the United States on Sunday with a ton of rain, a little bit of snow, sleet, wind, you name it. They had to go into New England. That's always a tough game, and they really held their own in that defensive bout there, and they are coming in at number 10. I think they're going to bounce back on Thanksgiving again. Against the Bills there. But yes, number 10 is the Dallas Cowboys. Coming in at number 9, the Houston Texans got it done against the Indianapolis Colts, who gave them fits. T.Y. Hilton, I thought was going to be an X-factor, and he was not. Obviously, he looked like he was still a little bit injured there, and the Houston Texans took advantage of it. The Indianapolis Colts didn't make any mistakes, but it didn't really matter because they got it done, and they are coming in as my number 9 team. Number 8, the Kansas City Chiefs are still at number 8. Like I said, I'm going to continue to say this. 
their defense is still suspect, but that offense is still prolific. They are still going to be a contender because any given week that defense can step up. And then with that consistent offensive play and those all-time NFL-leading weapons that they have, such as Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, like they have a t- they have so much talent there that they are going to stay in contention. Coming in at number seven, the Minnesota Vikings. They have a tough game this week that I don't think that they're going to win against a two-loss Seattle team in Seattle, one of the toughest places to play. Kirk Cousins doesn't show up on big-time games. I don't think he's going to show up this week, and I think that the Seattle Seahawks are going to get a big win for solidifying their wild-card spot against the Minnesota Vikings. Coming in at number six, the Green Bay Packers looked abysmal against the San Francisco 49ers. That offensive line didn't play well, and neither did that defense at all. I said that defense had to step up. It had not been playing, and they got exposed. I think that this is going to be an eye-opener for the Green Bay Packers. I think that all season long they thought they could just get by and do this stuff, but I think now, now that they have a huge loss against one of the biggest teams in the NFC, such as the San Francisco 49ers, and the fact they got embarrassed there, I think it's going to be an eye-opener. I think that Matt LaFleur is going to make adjustments. A lot of people in that building like him, and I think that they are going to start to turn that season around, make some adjustments on defense, make some adjustments on that offensive line, because obviously Aaron Rodgers has zero protection Uh, that night against the 49ers and they just had their way with him coming in at number five I bumped the Seattle Seahawks up above the Packers because of that terrible loss they had but yes Seattle has been one of the more consistent teams in the NFL this year they know what they have they know their defense isn't that good and they rely on Russell Wilson and this offense to keep them carrying and that is why he is atop the leaderboard on the MVP race there with Lamar Jackson because how he has elevated this roster with the lack of talent that they have only having two losses on the season getting some big wins especially against San Francisco they need to handle their business against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings on Monday night and they are going to get it done they are at number five coming in at number four this New England Patriots offense is really, really starting to scare me here. I don't want to stay on this New England train because this offense is inconsistent. Obviously, like Brady is 42 years old, he's still playing at a pretty solid level here, but it's not the normal Brady that we have seen over the years, guys. We just need to be realistic, and this offense definitely has limitations because some of these weapons cannot get up and down the field like Brady has had in the past. With that being said, they are coming in at number four. Coming in at number three, the New Orleans Saints. They got it done this past weekend against the Carolina Panthers. Always a always a battle against a divisional rival, no matter who it is. The Carolina Panthers have been in an on and off team this year, and so them getting a big win against them, getting that getting that final drive and hitting a walk off field goal to get the win. They got a big game coming up against Atlanta, who just routed them in Week Ten, like Casey had mentioned earlier. And I think they're going to get the job done and keep staying in that top three in the Riddle rankings. Coming in at number two, I'm finally going to do it. The San Francisco 49ers are the best team in the NFC right now. I've been wrong about them all year. Um, I thought they couldn't compete against a good quarterback like Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. Obviously, that's wrong. The Saints are going to get their crack at them um, in a couple weeks here, but... Yes, the Niners are the best team in the NFC right now. They proved it by absolutely dismantling a Green Bay team who I thought was the second best team in the NFC, and I was absolutely wrong. And coming in at number one, 
this team has just dominated the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. They they dominated Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, and they dominated Russell Wilson in Seattle. Guys, the Baltimore Ravens are doing it at all levels. Lamar Jackson is doing exactly what he has to do. Yeah, he's only 20th in passing in the NFL, but he doesn't have to pass like that. This running game is absolutely insane. We mentioned it last week how this is an all-time leading rushing team, and they might set the record for most rushing yards for a team in the NF- in, in, in NFL history this year with the way that they're running the ball. It's absolutely crazy what they're doing here. Lamar Jackson is a prolific talent, and the way John Harbaugh has molded this team to be around him, everybody's buying in. It seems like they're having a good time playing football, and and and, and even though I am a Steelers fan, and I can't stand the Baltimore Ravens, they're a good watch. Like They're a good team to watch. They have great team chemistry, and they dominate running that ball, dominate time of possession, and they just don't turn that ball over, and they got a huge matchup against the number two rated team on my riddle rankings, the 49ers this week. That is going to be my game to watch, and we are going to see what happens. But as of right now, this Baltimore team coming in for the third week in a row is my number one team on the riddle rankings. Those riddle rankings sounding good, finally giving some respect to those 49ers, some much-earned respect there. And going into Warner Wages this week, some tough games out there to pick some spreads on, but I will start Thanksgiving Thursday off by picking the Falcons to cover the seven-point spread that the Saints are favored by them in. Like I discussed earlier, the Falcons played them very tough last time, came out with a victory 26-9, shut down the Saints. They're going to be hungry. They got nothing to lose in this game. Out of the playoff race, it's going to be another close game. Expect that to be within a touchdown. Falcons are going to cover the seven-point spread. My next pick for my Warner Wages this week, another Thanksgiving Thursday game. I think that the Bears are going to beat the point spread of plus three. Bears are favored plus three in this one going into Detroit. I think they're going to win by at least that. Detroit is reeling right now, not looking like the same team without Matthew Stafford out there. Jeff Driscoll has not been able to get it done. They dropped a bad loss last week, and I think the Bears are going to come out on top of this one by at least a touchdown. Give me the Bears plus three in that one. My next game, Monday Night Football, that tough, big matchup between the Vikings and the Seahawks. I'm going to take the Seahawks minus three in this one. I think they're going to win by at least a touchdown. I think that 12th man crowd there is going to get the best of Kirk Cousins in that offense, going to cause them to make mistakes, and that defense is going to shut them down. Give me the Seahawks minus three in that one. My fourth game for this week's Warner Wages, the Eagles head to Miami to play the Dolphins. They are favored by nine in that one. That is Miami plus nine. Give me the Eagles covering at least nine points in that one. I just think, you know, the Eagles season has really not went the way it has expected them to go, just like the Falcons. You know, they got nothing to lose in this game. Just go out there and air it out. I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to beat Miami by at least nine. Miami's been playing tougher football here lately, but I just don't think they got to have what it takes to compete with Carson Wentz in that offense. They're going to put up some points this week. And my final game, we talk about this every week, man. Not wanting to bet on the Bucks. I'm a bet on the Bucks this week. Jacksonville is favored minus one over the Bucks this week. Jacksonville is hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Sunday at 12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern time. I think the Bucks are going to come out on top of that one. So give me the Buccaneers in that one. Jacksonville minus one. I think the Bucks are going to win by at least three, maybe even a touchdown. Going to be a close game there, but the Bucks are playing decent football here lately. And as long as Jameis Winston can put up enough offense, I think the Bucks are going to cover that spread. That's my Warner 
wages for this week. No fantasy focus for you. My fantasy teams are sucking it up right now. I'd hate to give you all any more hurtful advice based on the way my teams are doing. So there's some bets for you all to make this week, and that's five. So we'll see how good I do this week with five wages. A lot of good matchups this weekend. A lot of good matchups this weekend. The season is winding down, like we have said. The playoffs are coming into fruition. We are finally going to see who has it and who doesn't. So many marquee matchups this weekend. This is a great weekend to watch football. It's a great weekend to literally sit on your couch from 1 p.m. Eastern time to all the way to 11.30 p.m. Eastern time and watch all these games because they are going to all be great. They all have meaning, and it is coming down to the wire. A lot of teams are so close. It's been a great NFL season. Guys, thanks for sticking with us here on the Joes and the Pros podcast. Get all your NFL updates after this crazy week of football next week on the Joes on the Pros podcast. 